Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Any questions I ask myself. Man, what is up, table fam? How we feeling? Woo! Y'all, that was a really, really long month, right? Was it not a long month? I missed you guys. I know um, DB and Dana were just up here, but I mean, I'm just so glad that you're here. Um, if I haven't a chance to meet you, if it's your first time or first time in a long time, my name is Isaac. I'm one of the pastors here at First Orlando, and I help along with our leadership team bring leadership here at the table. And I'm just so excited to jump in and kick off our summer table. Um, so the way that we ended the spring was actually really cool. So whenever we ended the spring, I think our last day was March. It was like the last Tuesday in March. And we finished with what we call Celebration Night. Some of us were here. So at Celebration Night, this really cool thing happened. Uh, we baptized 10 people. Can, can we clap for that? So if you're, if you're unsure what baptism is, baptism, baptism is essentially like you're getting dunked underwater and then coming up. And here's what it symbolizes. It symbolizes that you're dead to your old life and you're being raised to a new life in Jesus. And we had 10 people do that. Right? So we have these people, as, as well as more of us, that are starting this brand new relationship with Jesus. As well as, I know, being mindful of who may be in the room here, um, there are some people that have been a Christian and following Jesus for a very long time, and you got baptized a long time ago, which is incredible. And some of us, as well, wouldn't say that we're Christian. We wouldn't, but we're here, we're hanging out, you know, we're, we're curious, we're learning, maybe we got invited by a friend. So I'm very aware that there are lots of different types of people here in the room. And here is the one thing that we can all agree on, right? Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, that we're just broken. We're broken people. Ain't nobody up here perfect. Nobody's up here. Nobody's out there. Nobody's here. None of us are saying that we have it all figured out. We're, the one thing that we can all unify around, if you're following Jesus or not, is we can just say, hey, look, there's brokenness in me, and there's brokenness around me, and I just want, if, can I be honest, I just want some healing in that brokenness. So what we're doing over the summer is we're very aware that we see this brokenness. We have it on our t-shirts that this is a banquet for the broken. And we know that there's only one answer to that brokenness, and his name is Jesus Christ. So the way that we're going to do this summer, uh, for the whole summer, over the, for the, the series over the summer, is we're like, okay, is there a way that we can bring some unity around knowing that everybody is coming from lots of different places? Some people have been a Christian for a very long time. Some people are just starting their journey following Jesus. Some people are not following Jesus. Is there a way that we can just bring some unity over that? And the answer is yes, there is. Um, and here's what we're going to do. Over the summer, we're going to go through, and I think we have a slide here, we're going to go through the Gospel of John. Here, here's why. The Gospel of John, I love what St. Augustine says about the Gospel of John. He says this. He says, uh, John's gospel is deep enough for an elephant to swim and shallow enough for a child not to drown. So if you've been a Christian for a while, going through the gospel of John, you're going to get something out of this. As well as if you're curious and just seeking and trying to learn more, the gospel of John is not going to lose you. It's not this really complex, you have to have like a superstar varsity Christian degree to be able to understand it. Like it's accessible for everybody. So that's where we're going to be um, in the gospel of John. As well as um, we're going to be giving out uh, free copies of the gospel of John. 
So after the service in the Connection Lounge, if you're curious on learning more um, about the Gospel of John and want to read along with us, um, we're also creating a, a reading plan. That way we can all go through the Gospel of John together. There's 21 chapters in the book. We have about 12 messages planned here over the summer here um, at the table. Uh, we can't cover everything, but we want to help you journey through the whole book together. So what we've done, excuse me, what we've done is we've created a reading plan that we can all, if you choose to, which I hope you do, um, read through the Gospel of John together, all together, and we'll send that out on Instagram um, later this week. It'll start on Monday. I'll talk more about that later. Um, but basically, this summer, uh, my staff told me, told me calling it Summer of John was not cool, although that was al almost my name. They're like, no, Isaac, okay, fi fine. Um, so we're calling it just the Gospel of John, and I'm really excited. Let me just, I know we just prayed. Let me pray a quick prayer um, just to, as we continue um, and jumping in. God, I'm so thankful um, for my friends here. I'm so thankful, God, that we can journey together um, through John's gospel um, over the summer. And so thankful just for our teaching team. So thankful for just our, just our table fam here. Uh, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, y'all, I have a confession to make. I'm a millennial. Which isn't, which isn't cool anymore. It used to be cool. It's not cool anymore. I'm 31. So I, I passed the point of being cool. Sometimes I try, but I'm just past that point. And, you know, and if you're a millennial and even I think a little bit of Gen Z gets this too. Gen X did not get this at all. Um, I was told that I was special my entire life. Like, you're so special. You're so special. I remember, like, when I was in third grade, there was a, a poster um, in Miss Richardson's classroom. Miss Richardson is awesome. Miss Richardson, if you're watching, hi. It's been, like, 20 years, but hi. She's probably not, but Miss Richardson was awesome. Uh, so she had a poster in her room. And it said, um, shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you'll land among the stars, right? So it's just this idea of, like, you're amazing, you're special. So I grew up my entire life thinking, I'm amazing, and I'm special. I can do anything I want to do. I remember sitting across from my principal when I was about to graduate high school, and he asked me for good reasons, because I was the good kid, not for bad reasons. Um, he said, hey, Isaac, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, man, I want to be CEO of a Fortune 500 company. He's like, Oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I can do this because I can do anything I want because I'm a millennial and I'm special. So I go and I graduate and then I go to, go off to Baylor University um, and then I move to Dallas. And uh, I've shared this before. Um, when I was 24, I thought I peaked. I was killing it. I was doing so well in life at 24, right? I had graduated with my degree from Baylor. I was living in Dallas. I had just gotten my dream job. I would started this exciting new relationship, right? And I was making the most money I had ever had up to that point. I was killing it. Okay, flash forward four years later, um, after my quarter-life crisis, and really like right in the middle of my quarter-life crisis, where I'm sitting down on the side of a mountain on my birthday, sad. Here's why I was sad. Because I had quit my job. I had no, so, no, no source of income. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I had a string of failed relationships up to that point, and I wasn't sure who my friends were. Now, as I say that, um, that I feel like I'm not the only one who may feel that way. To where when you were younger, you feel like there was all this potential. Like, I, you know, eight, ask 18, 16, 17-, 18-year-olds, all this potential in life. And then you get to your early 20s, your mid-20s, your late 20s, and you realize that you start hitting against life, against real life. And the things that you wanted are now no longer quite as attainable, but you're still trying, and we're still trying to grasp those things, right? And can we just admit, here's, here's how we're going to set up. Can we just admit this? Life is hard. Is life not hard? 
Can we just, is that okay? Can we just say that? Am I, can I say that from up here? Life is hard? Yeah. Life is hard. And we're asking, I was asking, still asking, we're asking, when will life get better? We're trying to navigate relationships, trying to navigate jobs, trying to navigate finances. We're trying to navigate this really complex part of life. And we're like, man, can somebody just like, give me the cheat codes so I can just figure out life? This thing is like really hard. How do we navigate? Well, um, as, we're talking about, as we're talking about your life, you know, life is hard. When will life get better? Here's what I mean by your life. I want to get very specific. Here's what I mean. Money, your body, uh, your, your resources, your friends, your family, your clothes, your skills, your house, your car, your vacations, your relationships, and your job. This is your life, etc. <laughs> among other things, right? So me, when I, was sitting on the side of, when I was sitting on the side of a mountain, I was trying to navigate these things, here's what I felt. I felt shame for not succeeding more. I felt anger at some stuff that had happened to me, right? And I felt fear around, like, insecurity with finances and job. I was jobless at this point. And I'm just wondering, as we're thinking about our life, if some of us may also be feeling that way as we think through our lives, that maybe some feelings of shame may come up, or some feelings of fear may come up, or some feelings of anger may come up. Fortunately, we're not left hanging. <laughs> Fortunately, God knew that we may feel this way as we think about our life. And fortunately, um, he inspired John to start off his gospel to answer this question that we know that as we look at our life, it's hard. So how is life going to get better? When will life get better? So John's going to help us frame the better life that we want. So let's take a look in John chapter 1. Let's read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we're skipping down to verse 14 to help unpack some stuff. Uh, so verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So I want to go back to verse 3 to help us really understand what this, what this is saying, or how John's starting off his book. He's saying all things that were made, right? These are things that are created. So now I want us to put this in the context of your life. Your life are things that are made, right? Your life, another way to think about it, is creation. Things that were created, right? Your money, your body, your resources, your job, these are things that were created. This is creation. Now, as we think through creation, as you think through your life, um, here is um, the Christian way to think about it. This is what Christians believe. You may believe this. You may not believe this. Um, this is what Christians believe when it comes to creation, is that there is a creator who is separate from creation. Separate. There's a creator who's completely separate than creation. These are two separate things. Now, as I say that, um, that's the Christian view. It's because that's not every view. There's actually other views um, that you may have, that people have, when it comes to creator and creation. Here's one view. Um, it's creation only. Creation is the only thing that exists, right? So atheism or secular humanism um, says that there is no creator, 
there is only creation. Creation is the only thing. The material world um, is the only thing that exists, right? And the second thing um, is um, creation and creator are the same. So this is the second view, right? So this is maybe spiritualism or, or pantheism. So as you can see with both uh, creation only and creation equals creator as the same, as you can see, even though they're fundamentally different because one denies any sort of spirituality while the other like completely embraces all spirituality, um, they're the same because it's one circle. And, and essentially what's happening is that there's a denial that there is a separation of creator and creation, right? So uh, with both of these views, here's the, here's the commonality with both of these views, is that you are in control. You're in control. There is no separate creator that's in control. Um, you're in control, and it's up to you to make your life better, right? We're what, we know that life is hard. We know that, you know, we want life to be better. And if um, by embracing creation only or by embracing creation equals creator, that it's all the same thing, um, essentially we're saying that we're in the driver's seat and we're in control. So here's what this looks like. Um, if you feel like you're in control but you know that you're not actually in control, but you, but you kind of think that you're in control, but you, don't, you feel powerless, here's what happens. You just start complaining all the time, right? You start complaining, and you start, you know, like, all, everything's a big deal, and you start griping and complaining. So then you go to work, and your boss, and you're, you get real smiley with your boss, but then you go home, and you start complaining to every single person that will hear you, Right? Or, like, you go to your family, and with your family, you put on the face, and then when you're not with your family, you go and you start complaining about everything. Why do we complain? We complain because we think that we're in control, and we think that, but we, there's, like, this weird, like, paradox of, like, we think we're in control, um, but also, like, we know that we're powerless, and we think the only power that we have is just to complain about it, right? Okay, so that's, that's one. Um, here, here's the, sec the second view when it comes to these is... Um, we don't, uh, well, we don't gripe and complain. For some of us, we know we're in control, right? For some of us, like, I don't complain. I do something about it. Any, like, action people in the room take life by the horns people? Come on. Like, you're like, I'm in control. Yes, I am, right? I'm going to grind. I'm going to grind. I'm going to grind. I'm going to go do this thing. Like, you're not going to hold me back. I'm going to make this thing happen. I'm in control to make my life better. So I'm just going to go, and I'm going to grind, right? And I'm going to read books, and I'm going to read podcasts, and I'm going to find a mentor, a life coach who's going to help me keep moving forward because I'm in control, right? So pour one out for Mama Mentality, Kobe Bryant. He was the champion, the champion of this, this idea. Athletes are champions of th this idea, right? Uh, maybe you maybe even look at, like, CEOs of Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, right, where it's just I'm in control and it's my responsibility to make my life better. And you do that and you do that and you do that and guess where you are four years later? You're sitting on the side of a mountain like I was. We know ultimately that we're not in control, right, but we think that we are but we feel like we're not. So then our option is to realize that there's something else that's happening or just keep doing the same thing that we've been doing. But, y'all, if you keep doing the same thing, I don't think you're going to like what you got. You're welcome to keep doing it if you like it, but I just don't think that you're going to. Um, as well as, I mean, it, gets, it actually gets worse. Um, if you believe um, in, in this, that, that there is no creator, just absent creator or creator and creation are the same, um, it gets worse. 
because you can do whatever you want. Right? You can do whatever you want. There is no creator. There's, there's only creation. There's only the things around us, right? So either just deny all spirituality or embrace all spirituality. But it's, it's the same thing because essentially it's an equal playing ground with creation, right? So which means, here's how this breaks. I can do whatever I want and you can do whatever you want, right? So in theory, that sounds amazing, right? Don't we want everybody to do whatever they want? But the evil and the injustice that you experience is because people do whatever they want, right? The harm that you've experienced, the hurt that you experienced is because someone else did whatever they wanted. And perhaps they did whatever they wanted to you. And we feel that. And we carry that, right? It's not good. There's a better option than us just doing whatever we want. Because here's what happens. We become our own gods, and we make the rules, while someone else is becoming their own god, and they're making the rules. So now it's your rules versus their rules, right? And what you call bad, they may call good, and there is no standard for living because all creation is equal, because we're all our own god. And this is why there's harm. There's a better way, y'all. There's a better way. So in living in creation, we have all experienced harm from others as well as we have harmed others. So, um, it's, it's Star Wars Day. Are, you, are, are we aware? May the fourth be with us and also with you. Um, so, imagine, uh, imagine you're at, just in light of the day, not, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but just imagine, just in light of the day, you're at Hollywood Studios. Okay. And let's say, let me get even more specific. Um, imagine you're at, um, like, Galaxy's Edge, the new Star Wars land at Hollywood Studios. Okay? Um, and it's Star Wars Day, and so I'm sure, I'm sure today it's, like, crazy. I don't know. Um, so you're there, and now it's going to get gross. Um, imagine there's just like a big stinking pile of feces there in the middle of the park. Okay, so now there's this like big stinking pile of, piece of feces like in the middle of Star Wars land, and um, people start stepping in it. And it starts getting everywhere. Everywhere, right? Like, like and, and then it's just like, what, what is on me? Like, oh, no, it's like on my shoes, getting on my clothes. And then people start trying to, like, clean it, but they've already been contaminated by it. So it's just, like, getting worse and getting smellier and getting stinkier. And it's just, it's, doesn't this sound gross? Ugh, it's so gross. What needs to happen? What needs to happen is somebody outside of Star Wars land needs to come in that is not contaminated to make things right. In the same way here in creation, we need somebody else that has not been contaminated by creation to step in to make things right. There is no way that if we um, are our own gods, there is no way that we can try to find um, um, uh, value. There is no way that we can try to make our life better by looking at something else that's been created in order to make our life better. Right? If we're looking at our job to make our life better, it's not going to work because it's also creation. If we're looking at a relationship to make our life better, it's not going to work. Why? Because it's also part of creation. It's been contaminated, right? So there's good and there's bad. Um, if we're looking at family, if we're looking at marriage, if we're looking at an, anything that like, you're just really looking forward to, man, if I could just, just have that thing, then my life will be better. It's not going to work. Why? Because it's been contaminated by creation because there's brokenness. So we need an outside thing. We need a creator to come in, to step into creation, to make things right. 
So as we're looking back at the text, that's just the setup, y'all. Um, as we're looking back at the text, I want us to notice four things, that we need this outside thing that can step in. So I want us to notice four things. Number one, Jesus is God, right? Jesus is God. Jesus is the most powerful thing in existence. Jesus is that thing that we need to step in. Why? Because he's powerful enough and he has not been contaminated by, by, by the world. Why? Because he is God. And God is not contaminated by this world. He's not contaminated by creation like the rest of us. So we need the creator. So Jesus is God. Number two, and like Jesus is God, Jesus is also creator. Jesus is powerful like God, but Jesus is also the creator, the creator God. Um, some, like, they, they falsely teach, um, and maybe even believe this, um, that Jesus was part of creation and then earned his way to be divine. Right? It's not true. Um, I was watching uh, Hercules, the Disney version. It's like the only version I know. Now I've made two Disney references. I'm going to stop on Disney. Um, uh, sorry, did I, I like, offended Disney people. I'm sorry. <laughs> but also I earned street cred with non-Disney people, so I'm not that sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, some, like, so the movie Hercules, the D Disney version, um, so Hercules essentially comes down like, from Mount Olympus and then has to earn his way to go back to be, a, to be a God, right? And then you see the movie, him earning his way, right? And some people may think, oh, is that like Jesus? Like, did, like Jesus like, lived his life and then earned his way to be God? No, not at all. Here, here's the story of Jesus. That Jesus is God. Jesus was creator. Um, and Jesus um, then stepped into creation already being eternal. So Jesus' life did not start when he was born. Jesus' life has existed for all of eternity. Why? Because he's God. And he's creator, and the creator is eternal. Number three, Jesus designed us. Jesus, Jesus designed us as creator. Uh, so um, something about me, um, I am kind of techie. Like, I like techie stuff. I like cables. Um, my degree at Baylor uh, was in film and digital media. So I talk a lot about, like, the film side, like, video production side. Um, I don't talk a lot about the digital media side. Um, but digital media, so, like, cables, like, boxes, like, that kind of stuff, like, really fascinates me. Um, so, um, you, as you can imagine, I get very frustrated when I have slow Wi-Fi. Am I, right? And also, um, I currently, uh, my wife and I live, live in Millennia, um, so already I was using, like, this is so randomly, oddly specific, but here we are. Um, I was using, like, T-Mobile Towers because I was on Google Fi, because, again, I'm techie, and, like, Google Fi is, like, better than, like, other versions, so I thought. Um, but I was, like, getting no cell signal in Millennia, and I'm very frustrated about it. Um, so then, um, you know, my wife and I moved to Millennia, um, and um, now the Wi-Fi that we have at home is also slow. And I'm like, oh, no. Not on my watch. We're switching internet companies. Uh, so we switched from Spectrum. Yes, I'm calling that out. Spectrum had slow internet in millennia. Calling them out. And switching, and switching to AT&T. Right? How's our? We. This is. That was okay. So we like we, really weird crowd pull. Okay. So, so we're using, so using AT&T, and the way, the way that it worked, I'm like switching phone carriers to get on the same plan, because what like married people do. And uh, we're, we're on the same plan, it's AT&T Internet, and so they, like, they're doing like this like installation, um, like self-installation thing. So they mail us this box, and um, with this box, like here's like these cables and these boxes, and I'm really excited looking at the box, right? I, don't, maybe, I know I'm weird, but I'm just like really excited, like looking at the cables and the boxes, like, yeah, I can set it up, and then finally we'll have fast Wi-Fi. So, so we get the box, and I go, and I set it up, and it's, it doesn't work. I'm like, oh, no. 
Like, my dream plan of, like, having fast Wi-Fi is not working. What am I going to do? So, so I do what I know to do, because, again, I'm techie. I know how to troubleshoot things. So whenever a tech thing isn't working, what do you do? Unplug it, right? And you plug it back in. So I did that a few times. I hit the reset button. I was like, okay, still not working. Okay, now I'm, like, checking cables, making sure. Like it's, and it's still not working. Eventually, I give up, and I call AT&T Tech Support. So I'm on the phone with Susan from Ohio. Okay. It is not Susan from Ohio. But Susan from Ohio, I was like, okay, Susan from Ohio, I don't believe you, but fine. So, uh, so Susan from Ohio starts leading me through like, what I need to do for like, tech installation stuff. So, so I'm doing it, but also I'm like, kind of frustrated because I had already done this, and I thought like, they were the experts to come in to show me how to do this. So then she like, points out a new thing that I hadn't noticed, and at this point now I think, like, okay, but I still know more than you. I know how to do this thing. I'm techie. I know how to figure this out. So, so then I start suggesting to her over tech support what I think I need to be doing. And she says, no. <laughs> so then I was like, okay. So then I thought it was I had to like replace a cable. So I found the right cable and I replaced it. And sure enough, it didn't work. So she says, hey, I'm going to send in um, somebody who's going to come in, like live in person, an AT&T person who's going to come in and like set everything up. And at this point, I'm like, okay, fine, fine. I, ne I need somebody to come in to help fix things, right? Okay. That's basically the equivalent of me trying to navigate my life. I think I know best. I think I know how to figure it out. And I've tried. And ultimately, I just messed things up. What happened is, I, like the AT&T guy, he came in. AT&T designed the system. AT&T knows how it works. AT&T knows how to troubleshoot when it doesn't work. In the same way, as we think about our lives and the hardship of our lives and the complexity of our lives, and we're, we start running into like problems and relationship conflict and drama and job stuff and family stuff, and we don't know how to navigate, who better than the designer to come in and step in and show us how to troubleshoot? Right? Number four. Not only did Jesus design us, Jesus understands us. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, as the word, became flesh and he dwelt among us. Here's what this means. That you're having a really hard, bad day. And you're sitting by yourself, like me when I was, out of a mountain. And I feel like nobody understands. And I'm all on my feels. And I'm lonely. And here's what it means when Jesus, that he came to dwell with us. Jesus comes and he sits right down next to me. And he says, hey, Isaac, I see you. I feel you. I know what you're going through. Because I also went through suffering and hardship. Right? Jesus suffered. He understands. Jesus went through trials. He understands. Right? Jesus is the only person who is both fully God as the creator, but who also fully understands humanity. When he became flesh, he got flesh and blood like we do. He, ble he bled like we do. Jesus understands. Jesus is the only person that fully understands what you're going through. Why? Because he's also God. Any other human being that you've relied on for understanding ultimately is going to reach a limit of their understanding. And maybe you felt that. Maybe there was this person that was in your life that you felt like was the only person that understood you. 
and now they're not in your life anymore, and you feel so lonely because you're like, nobody else could ever understand me the way that this person did, and Jesus is saying, I understand you better than that person did. Jesus understands. He dwells with us. Jesus is the perfect culmination of both being fully God and fully man, the only person who was able to come into into creation as the creator to step in and make things right without being contaminated like we are. Jesus understands us, right? So here's this. Jesus is clarity from God on who the creator is and how to navigate creation. That's what it means by the word. Whenever in the text it says, and the word was with God and the word was God, and then it says the word was the son of God, it's talking about Jesus. Why was Jesus called the word? It's because words provide clarity. Words provide clarity. Right, you've ever played charades? Okay, charades is like the worst game. Because you're basically like, are you a monkey? And you're like, you can't say anything too. Like you can't even like, like deny like if you're being a monkey or whatever. Like is that a boat? Is that an airplane? Um, words clearly communicate, right? That's why it's also not saying Jesus is the feeling, right? Because feelings are unreliable that we learned that in the spring. But Jesus is not a thought, right? He's saying Jesus is the word because words provide the most clarity. So Jesus is clarity. God is very clear on who he is as being fully God and on who, who he is as the creator and how to navigate creation because he designed it. He knows how to navigate it. So, so I want you to imagine, um, I want you to imagine this. Um, I want you to imagine a day, a day in your life. Let's say a day you're going to work. Okay. So you, you wake up and um, you uh, put your feet on the floor. When you wake up, maybe after a few snoozes, you put your feet on the floor, and already, like, as soon as your feet hit the floor, all of this, like, stress and anxiety, like, immediately hits you because your boss is a jerk. And the thought of having to face your boss, again, just, like, stresses you. So, so you're so stressed, and now you're, like, grumpy, and now you're getting kind of, like, angry and frustrated because you're stressed because you don't want to feel stressed, but you still do. You don't want to feel anxious, but you still do. So then, so then you, get, you finish getting ready, and you're, like, stressed and anxious, and then you get in the car, and now you're driving on I-4, and somebody comes in and uh, cuts you off. You are so angry. Why? Because you already woke up stressed and anxious, so now it just took a little bit, just a little thing that just set you off, and now, like, you're wailing on the horn angry, right? So then, finally, you go to work, and you're like, this idiot cut me off, right? And then your boss, again, let me remind you, is a jerk. So your boss is like, where are those TPS reports, right? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And you just kind of like, you, you, like, you pretend to smile because just smiling makes it easier. But then like outside of that, then you just start complaining about your boss. And then you have your coworker that you're actually pretty cool with. But you're already like way past the edge of the tipping point. Um, so now with your coworker, they just said like one thing that wasn't even a bad thing. You just kind of misinterpreted it a little bit. So now you have beef with your coworker that you're normally cool with, right? So you get to the end of your day and you're stressed and you're anxious and you're like and you're angry and you're also like you're upset at yourself for like blowing up at your coworker, but like you can't say anything in the moment because that'd be weird because you gotta wait till the next day. Um, so eventually you're like, I just need to cool off. Can I just forget this day? Let me go to happy hour. So then you go to happy hour just to forget everything. And just and then you let's say you're single, which many of us are, um, there's somebody like cute, they're at happy hour. You're like, okay, how can I, you know, how can I position myself to get some attention here? 
so, so now you're making eyes with a person at happy hour, and then you, maybe a couple glances, and then they leave. And now you feel rejected. You go home with ice cream and your beverage of choice, two hours on Netflix, and here's how your day went. You were stressed, you were anxious, you were lonely, you were angry at yourself, you felt shame because of that, you felt lonely and lacked connection and felt rejected. That is life with you in control. That is your life without any sort of consideration that there's a creator God who is Jesus, who designed this world, who wants to show us how to live. Okay, can I replay this day back? Okay, let me, let me, let me replay this day back. Okay, so you wake up, again, alarm, maybe just one snooze this time, or three. Uh, so, you, so you wake up, your feet hit the floor, you feel anxious immediately because, again, your boss is a jerk, <laughs> right? But this time, you're like, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Um, let me spend some extra time this morning to figure out why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. So you finish getting ready, maybe a little quicker, and then you spend a few minutes just sitting down in the quiet with your journal. You're like, man, what is it about my boss that upsets me? Why do I think my boss is a jerk? And you start journaling it down. You're like, man, why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling stressed? And you write that down. And then you just consider the creator God, and maybe you may add prayer to that, just asking God to help reveal to you what you're feeling, um, as well as asking you to, like, you don't want to feel those feelings towards your boss, right? But you still do, so you're ask, just asking God for help because you know it's going to take all the help in the world like, not to feel that way, right? So um, as well as maybe you include scripture during that time, you just spend some extra time in the morning feeling, getting really mindful and feeling really centered. Okay. Now you get on I-4. Same person cuts you off, but this time you had spent the first 10 minutes of your drive, um, you know, maybe listening to music that was really encouraging to you, or perhaps listening to a podcast, something that was encouraging to you, um, perhaps hopping on a call with a friend and also has the same time drive as you, just to encourage each other in the morning. Um, so now a person cuts you off. You're still upset because somebody cut you off, but you're not like blaring on your horn. You're just like, ah, oh, that wasn't cool. Okay, whatever. And you keep driving. Okay, now you get to work. Again, have I ever iterated this enough? Your boss is a jerk. So your boss comes in and starts, blah, whatever, but you know that the best thing is actually not to react. The best thing is to give lavish grace and compassion that your boss doesn't deserve. So you do that, right? And you're like, okay, and you just, it's still hard. You still get frustrated, but you just try as best as you can to exercise compassion and grace to your boss they didn't deserve. Okay, now remember your coworker? With your coworker, um, now you're not like over the edge anymore. Now you actually have a lot in your cup. So now your coworker, you're actually able to have a really cool conversation where your coworker reveals they're actually going through a really hard family thing. So as you're talking with your coworker, you're able to encourage your coworker and maybe even pray with your coworker. And you're like, you feel good, and your coworker feels good, and y'all just feel really good that you just had a really meaningful time together. Um, and then you get invited to happy hour. And you could go, you've gone before in the past. But you also know that, man, I'm just, I just really don't want to go today because I know, I know I can go. It's not like the end of the world if I do go, but I just don't like the, p the place where it puts me. I don't like how I feel whenever I go because I just feel like I need to start like, putting on, showing off to get attention. I just don't, don't want to do that. Or just drinking the day away, I don't want to do that. Um, you remember that there's actually friends from church that have this thing called a life group, which is a small group of people where you can just share about your day. 
So you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'll go to life group tonight. So you go to life group and you just share about your day. You share about how you felt anxious in the morning. You felt about how you try to exercise compassion to your boss. You shared about how you had a really cool moment with your coworker. You talked about the annoying person that cut you off. And then other people share about their day. And you encourage each other. And then you go home and you go to sleep. What a cool day. Do you see the difference? Like the first option, you can do that. That's option without considering the creator. That's an option without considering Jesus as a way to guide and to navigate. The second option is saying, Jesus, can you help me navigate my day? I don't know, I don't know what I need to do, but can you just show me what I need to do? And I'm just going to try to do the best that I can, and I'm going to get some things right, and I'm going to get some things wrong. I'm not going to be perfect, but ultimately, Jesus, you are my aim. That's what I'm considering as I'm just trying to process, navigate my day-to-day life. Here is the big idea. The big idea is this. Jesus didn't come to make your life better. He came to make you better at life. Andy Stanley, I'll give him citations. All right? Your life's not going to get better. Did you, did you hear those two stories? Nothing about that day was inherently better. There was no more money. There was no new relationship. There was no new, like, amazing promotion. There was no new, like, no, like if you, there was a medical thing, there was no sort of, like, miraculous healing, although that can happen. But there's no, there's no thing of a better, quote-unquote, better version of life. But Jesus is saying, I'm going to show you how to get better at navigating life. Make sense? Okay, what does this mean for us? If Jesus didn't come to make your life better, he came to make you better at life. So what? What does this mean? Jesus is all or nothing. That's what this means. You can't choose to have Jesus step in to certain parts of your life, while also holding off other parts of your life. You can't have Jesus. Jesus, can you come as God, the creator God who designed me, who knows exactly my good and my bad? Can you show me how to navigate, like, um, you know, job stuff and, and family stuff, but um, you don't want to consider him at all when it comes to relationship stuff? You can't do that. Jesus is all or nothing. If, we, if we're saying that following Jesus is the best way, to navigate life, then why would we neglect certain parts of our life from Jesus to help us navigate, right? So let me show you what this looked like for me. Um, so when I was living in Dallas during that time, between when I was 24 to 28, um, um, during the, I was really, I got, started getting, after I got my dream job, I started getting like very confused. I just didn't know like what I wanted to do with my life. I hit my quarter life crisis. Um, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, what, what I did was I started, um, I didn't know, I was working for the church at a time, I didn't know if working for a church was something that I wanted to continue doing. So I start this side hustle, like a good millennial. Yeah. So I start this side hustle where I start like this online business thing, and for whatever reason, um, I was like, all right, Jesus, can you help me process my... Can you help me process my current job? Can you help me process my relationships? Can you help me process my friendships? Can you help me process my family stuff? Can you help me process, um, you know, car? I had to, like, buy a car during that time. I didn't ask Jesus at all to help me process this entrepreneurship thing. Why? Because deep down, I didn't know if God wanted me to do it or not. So I didn't even want to consider him asking God to help show me how to navigate this. I was like, I'm going to keep this over here, God. You can have everything on that side, but I'm going to keep this thing over here. And I just felt so, like, crummy about that. Eventually, I'm like, why? Why am I holding things from Jesus? Like, what's going on here? Right? I really had to, like, check my own motivation. I had to decide 
Jesus is all or nothing, right? Jesus is all or nothing. So here, here's how um, Jesus made me better at life, right? So I grew up, um, I grew up in a loving family. Um, I grew up at, like as a pastor's kid. I've shared this before. And I thought the ultimate aim in life um, was to be obedient, right? I thought, man, if I can just be a good little boy, like I was like the, it was almost embarrassing how obedient I was. Uh, I was like the church kid of church kids, right? Like any other church kid in the room, like, let's go. Like I can like probably out church kid you. Like I was like the church kid of church kids. And my whole life was, I just want to get a pat on the back for being obedient and being productive and being successful, right? Like I was, I was born as close to Jesus as possible, right? If there's a, like I was, if Jesus is like here, right? I was born like right here. <laughs> like I was born as close to Jesus as, as possible, right? Some of us, and I, I say that because some of you, maybe your path to Jesus, you felt like you had to like, ah! like claw all this way to get there. Um, for me, I was born like right here. So, so with that, um, my, my aim for satisfaction was, was achievement and approval, right? So because of that, like I felt really good about myself when I would achieve things, and I felt really bad about myself whenever I wouldn't achieve things and when I wouldn't get approval. So what happened? When I wouldn't achieve something or when I wouldn't get approval, here's what happened to me. Um, I would act out sexually, right? And then I would lie about it. Again, church kid. Um, I would overwork, and then I would boast about it, right? I would just grind, 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 work, 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 and then just start, and then like in this really kind of like weird way, start um, hoping other people like really notice my achievement and like then like would like really weird like humble brag about it, right? Like, man, Isaac, that was a really good job. Like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. I just stayed up till 3 a.m., but not, not a big deal, right? And then I, and here, here's the biggest thing. I, I would um, perform the role that I thought people wanted me to play, right? So even when I moved here, I thought, okay, do, okay what do people want of me? As I would meet with many of you here at the table, I was like, okay, what do, what do people want of me? Okay, I think in this situation, this person wants me to be like the wise sage. So let me play the role of the wise sage. Okay, I think in this situation, this person just wants me to be a friend and like not offer any advice because I think they may not like the advice that I would give. So I'm just going to be like the buddy buddy and not say anything that may impact the life that they're currently living. Okay, what does this, what does this person want to be? Okay, I think this person just actually, um, they view me as like a student and they just want to teach me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ask a lot of questions and that's it. I would just assume this role, play this role, right? When I was with church people, um, I would really hype up um, that, like, how good of a Christian I was. When I was with non-church people, I would really play down, like, the church side of me. I would just play any role that I thought people wanted me to play. And, you know, it left me burned out, lonely, and dissatisfied. Left me burned out, lonely, and dissatisfied. Y'all, life is hard. I wanted life to be better. And I thought by playing a role, I thought by acting out, I thought by grinding, that's how I could make life better. And here's what ultimately made a difference in my life. Is God saying, um, Isaac, I love you. There's so much better for you. Man, I don't, Isaac, I don't, like, I, I love you. I can totally understand with the way that you grew up, why you're kind of, kind of in, sometimes in, mostly in, but never like all in and like honest about it. Um, but Isaac, I love you, man, just come back to me. Like I wanna, I'm gonna help you get better at life if you give me everything. God was just asking me to be all in. 
and knowing that when I'm all in, it's not that my life was going to get better, it's that I was going to get better at life. So I needed Jesus, and I still need Jesus. So here's what Jesus did in love. Uh, my lies were exposed, and uh, the people, that, people told me that I was the most effective, not when I was playing the role that I thought they wanted me to play, um, but when I felt confident in how God created me. Like, that's really when I started seeing life difference happen. So for the last three years, um, here's, here's, what, here's my life the last three years. I still basically make the same that I've made the last three years. It hasn't changed much. Um, um, also, I've, um, I'm still living in the same place, right? I'm living in the same apartment complex that I moved into. Um, it's a lot of the same life. I'll say this, I am married. That part's awesome, right? But here, here's what happened. It wasn't that, like, I, like Jesus got everything, and then, um, like, immediately my life got better. Here's what happened. Jesus, I gave Jesus everything, and um, I just got better at life and navigating relationships. And that's what my wife was attracted to, right? Because I got better at life. See how that works? And that's not, oh, oh, okay. I was trying to think, is there, like, a metaphor in me almost bumping the table over? There's not. So Jesus didn't come to make my life better. He came to make me better at life. So here's, here's how we're going to close. Um, two things. One, just as a reminder, um, if you want, if this is curious at all to you, if going through, figuring out who Jesus is, what Jesus did, if any of this is sort of curious to you, um, again, we have free copies, completely free copies of the Gospel of John back in the Connection Lounge. We would love for you to grab one, um, as well as on social media. We'll have a reading plan for you to track along with us. Um, here's where I want to close. Um, we're going to have people in the back. And I want you to just ask yourself, am I going to be all in for Jesus? Maybe you've been all in and you're staying all in and that's amazing. Keep going. You're doing a really good job. Maybe for some, you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, Isaac, I hear you. I'm, I'm out. Cool. Some of you are like right here, just right in the middle, one way or another. Am I in? Am I not? Am I in? Am I out? Am I in? Am I, am I holding some things back? I think I'm holding some things back. I don't want to hold things back. Do I want them back? Well, that sounds really hard. Jesus is just, if I, the most that I can just encourage and plead with you, just, you're all in or you're not. You have to, Jesus is all or nothing. And for those of us that are straddling the fence, like me for a long time, man, today is the day to decide. You don't have to be perfect or get some things wrong, but today is the day to decide if you're going to be all in or not. We have a team back there along the wall. If you want to pray, we're going to sing. You can decide. If you want to have a chat with somebody for anything, um, you can go and there's a team back there that can chat and to pray with you, ask questions. Um, if you want to grab somebody after and ask questions, you can do that too. But I'm just going to pray. Um, Father, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you just for your, your love. God, I thank you that you created us, you designed us, God, and you've stepped into creation to make things whole. God, and I pray that um, just hearts are moved um, this evening, um, just that are just burning. Um, it's maybe a new feeling we haven't felt before. Um, just to follow you, I want to talk to somebody about it. God, I'm just praying for souls saved tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.